one aspect of that of, of, of having revival and it, and it's the one that um, I think kind of encompasses all the rest and that has to do with faith in Christ faith in Christ uh, let's read it together if you would Matthew chapter 8 if you'll turn there beginning at verse 5 this is one of the great miracle stories of the Bible and we have to uh, continue to remember these miracle stories and trust in Christ by faith for them Matthew chapter 8 beginning at verse 5 <clears throat> when he had entered Capernaum a century centurion excuse me came forward to him appealing to him Lord my servant is lying paralyzed at home suffering terribly and he said to him I will come and heal him but the centurion replied Lord I am not worthy to have you come under my roof but only say the word and my servant will be healed for I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me and I say to one go and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it when Jesus heard this he marveled <laughs> and said to those who followed him truly I tell you that no one in Israel have I found such faith I tell you many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth and to the centurion Jesus said go let it be done for you as you have believed and the servant was healed at that very moment let's pray Lord we just ask God that you would add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word father let it go forth and not return void Help us to receive your word today and let its roots grow down deep in our hearts, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> Pardon. We live in an age where um, people d discount faith in anything. Uh, people in general d discount faith these days. They, they, they say that there's nothing that we can have faith in. Uh, faith is for religion. Faith is for, um, you know, to, to be relegated. You know, we, we live in an age where we live by what we see, touch, taste, um, smell, those kinds of things. That, 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 the, what we see visually, what we see in this world, um, what, what we see around us, um, that, that, that's, what, that's all of reality right there. And, and, and those things can be measured by... Um, you know, using the scientific method and things that are observable. And, and we talk about, um, in school, the scientific method. And the scientific method, how, how um, everything can be perceived by that. That comes from a philosophy that says that, that through human reasoning, th through our mind, um, we can determine what truth is for ourselves. The problem with um, that kind of um, uh, idea, that scientific kind of reasoning... Uh, testing everything through the scientific method only works for the things that are observable, that, 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 that are visible, that are part of this material world. But there are all sorts of things beyond this material world that things that we cannot see that, that require faith for us to believe. And, and I would even say that a lot of the scientific theories that are out there, which have not been uh, 
exactly proven, a lot of them take faith to believe in as well. They take just as much, much faith to believe in some of these scientific things, um, the, the scientific principles um, and scientific theories as it does to have faith in, in what's beyond this world, especially faith in God. But faith is increasingly um, discounted among our, our uh, um, elites today. It, it's, it's being discounted by, by those who have wealth. Faith is being discounted um, by, 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 our, by the scientists, as we were saying. Faith, faith is being discounted by, by our leaders. And the sad thing is, is that we continue to have faith ourselves in those things. A lot of people do. A lot of people have faith in, in their own wealth. My, my own wealth is going to uh, protect me and insulate me and, and, and is going to um, uh, help me uh, and, and my security is in my wealth and, and, and what I make. It helps me to buy my home. It helps me to buy my food. It helps me to um, you know, um, keep up my, my family, those kinds of things. We have faith in our wealth. Why? Because we can see it. And I, and I would say that that's not real faith, by the way. That's not how the Bible defines faith anyway. We have faith in, in, in what we can see. We have faith in, in, in science, and we, we've talked a lot about that over the last uh, three years, haven't we? <laughs> have faith in the science, we, we, we heard all this time. Have, have faith in the science. We, we had, we had uh, leaders in our government, in, in both, both, both federal and state and local governments, saying that we've, we've got to um, obey the science, and, and, and the science says of this day certain things that we're supposed to do. One of those things is, is to stay at home, to stop the spread. To, uh, we we got, we got to close down these businesses to keep people from, from spreading you know, things around. And, and the truth is, is that, is that um, uh, even though we did a lot of that, you know, the, the disease still spread uh, like wildfire through, through a lot of areas. And so, you know, you know the, the, the science, you know, that is, and, and science is fluid too. Um, you know, I, and I have no problem with people saying, okay, well, um, things have changed now, and this doesn't work, so we're going to try something else. That, that's, that's fine. Um, but, but you were so sure of it before, and you said, this is the science, and now the science has changed, and now this new thing is the science. And, uh, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, science, our scientific knowledge changes. So, so, so why put our, our, our faith in that? You know, uh, and, 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 you know, j j just accept it a as a fact. I don't think we should do that. I think we should evaluate everything that comes our way. And, uh, and I would say also that faith is not blind faith either. F faith has to be earned. F faith has to have... Um, a basis. Faith has to ha have some, some kind of um, grounds for us to accept it and believe it. And I think this is what Jesus does in his day. He, he, he displays um, his, his, uh, his truth. He displays what he can do. He displays his power. He displays his authority. And he invited people to believe in that. And in fact, I, I think he, I mean, a lot of times he, he you know, the faith, the faith in these miracles that he does, faith comes first and then Jesus does the miracle. So faith is important. Faith is important in God's kingdom. Faith is, is, is the key to our salvation. And, and the Bible doesn't just give us blind faith. 
Now, a lot of times these uh, miracle stories, they were treated in different ways um, in history. I mean, the, the, the early church fathers who, who, who existed right after the, the apostles passed on and these church fathers rose up and they wrote on these miracles, um, most of them accepted them as, as without question and saying that the, 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 these are the miracles that Jesus did to prove His divinity. And, and, and for years, the, 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 these were the leaders and, and the philosophers who, 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 um, who were putting forth the, their ideas and doctrines and um, they're, they're the ones who helped build Western culture. They had no trouble believing in that these miracles can happen. And then later on, as, as um, uh, people began you know, turning away from the idea of, of faith, and, and that there was this um, uh, split between uh, faith and reason, and, uh, and, and reason was... was um, um, elevated, especially within the last 300 years, reason became elevated. People tried to discount the miracles, saying that they can't happen. There's no scientific basis for these miracles. And eventually, the, the idea of what's called deism came up. I don't know if you ever heard of that term. It's, it, it's the belief that, that God existed and created all things, but He is not involved in the world anymore. He's not involved in the world anymore. So, so the, these... Um, these miracle stories are just fantastic things that, 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 that maybe the apostles added on because they wanted to say that Jesus was, was God. Um, but, but, but the deists, they, 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 even though they believed God created all things and created the world, they, they, they said that He's not involved in the world anymore. Sort of like making a clock and then winding it up and just let it run. And uh, without any interference of God. The only problem with that analogy is that sometimes the clock's got to be wound <laughs> in order to keep going. But anyway, it's the idea. And so you had people like, I hate to say this, but Thomas Jefferson, one of, our pre one of the presidents of the United States, came out with what he called the Jefferson Bible, where he cut out all the miracle stories and, and, and gave a Bible of just the teachings and sayings of Jesus and the places they traveled, uh, a Bible devoid of, of all, uh, all the miracle stories because he believed that was more reasonable. That was Thomas Jefferson. I'm not saying that Thomas Jefferson was completely without, without belief in God. He was, he was a deist. But, that was, but he's, he's the one that gave us the Jeffersonian Bible where he takes out all the miracle stories. But this story in particular... And, and there's some other places too. To me, shows the importance of faith in God's economy, in, in God's plan of salvation. Faith is the key. He starts off by saying, you know, that this uh, Matthew's writing this story, and he, he traveled with Jesus. He was one of the disciples, a Roman centurion, um, someone who was not of Israel. He was not a born Israelite. He was, he was a Roman soldier, a, a, a leader of sort of what we would call a battalion, a, a, a century of soldiers. And that, that century sounds like it would be 100 soldiers. It was, it was more like 60 to 80 soldiers. But he, but he, but he commanded a, a, a battalion. And he comes to Jesus because he's heard him. He's been living in Capernaum. He's been living in, in all the places. These are the places in the northern territory called Galilee. Jesus was traveling around teaching and preaching and, and doing miracles. He obviously had heard about Jesus, and so he comes to him and calls him, first of all, he calls him Lord. 
which I think is, is interesting. Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Now, the centurion believed in Jesus. He, he, he believed in his power. I don't know if he believed in the full content of the gospel yet, that Jesus was the Son of God come to earth, but he certainly recognized him as, as a great teacher and, and, and someone who could heal his servant because he'd heard of the miracles of Jesus. But he says, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. And I think that that expresses um, what, what was happening in that day was that the Israelites and the Gentiles were separate. And, and, and especially if you were a Roman soldier, um, a lot of times you were despised um, because you, you were in authority over Israel. Now sometimes uh, you know, centurions were very respected because uh, they contributed to their community. And I think this centurion may have been a lot more respected in his community um, than, than in some other places. But, but still yet, you, know, you had the Israelites and you had the Gentiles. The Israelites said... That, that we are God's people. We are the sons of Abraham. We're not to intermingle with, with the Gentiles over here because they, they, in general, they were pagans and sinners. Now, sometimes Gentiles were, were um, you know, converted and became Jews, and sometimes uh, these Gentiles um, were, were favorable to the Jews like the centurion. But even then, they, they were not to go out and eat with them because even eating for an Israelite to eat with the Gentile would be acknowledging and accepting their sin, and, and they might suffer the charge of being sinful themselves. They, they did not want to intermingle with, with, with the other, other peoples. But here Jesus, being a Jew, is quick to say, being an Israelite himself, is quick to say, I will come into your house and I will heal him. But the centurion says no. And I think this is partly because the um, centurion wanted to protect Jesus' reputation. But anyway, he says, I'm not worthy to come into your house. And that tells me one of the principles here in faith is, is, is humility. That's one of the main principles of having faith in God is, is humility. This centurion has had, had humility before Christ. A lot of times when we talk about faith, when we talk about faith healing, we see these TV preachers going around waving their coats, um, smacking people on the forehead, making a real show of, of what um, you know, faith healing looks like. That, that has literally nothing to do with, with what faith is in the Bible. That, that, that's a name it and claim it mentality. That was, um, that, that's speaking the word into existence. By, by my word, um, I, 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 can, I can manipulate God into doing something for this person. Even though they might say in Jesus' name, a lot of it has to do with, uh, with, with the show. But the, one of the first things I notice about this person's, this, this soldier's faith is his humility. Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come un, under my roof. I'm not worthy. But then he says, too, he says, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. He believed that, that Jesus, where he was standing here in the, in the center square of, of the town likely in, in Capernaum, he believed that Jesus from where he was standing could speak the word 
and heal his servant who was in his household somewhere, somewhere in, in another location. And that, that kind of thing was rare anywhere. Especially in this day and time. This centurion showed great faith in Christ by saying, I believe that, that you can heal my person. All you have to do is speak the word and, and, and my servant will be healed. And why did he believe that? Well, first of all, he says, I know what authority is. He says, I'm a man under authority. He, he was, he was, he was a, 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 a military leader under authority there, there, there in Capernaum. He, he had a general over him that gave him orders. He knew what authority was like. And he says, and I know what authority for me is like because I tell this one guy, go, and he goes. And I tell this other servant, do it, and he does it. <laughs> he believed in the authority of Jesus Christ over his servant's diseases, over his servant's health. Christ has that authority. He has the authority as the Son of God. He has that authority as God of the universe. This centurion's faith um, was not so much focused, I think, I mean, I, I want to focus on um, not so much the results of his faith, the healing that Jesus did, but, that, but the guy's faith was very important here. He, he, he humbled himself before the Lord and says, I'm not worthy. He makes a, a, a request of him begging Jesus to do this. But he also says, I believe in your authority to do this. I believe in your power. I believe that you are over all things. I believe that you're over nature. I believe that you're over diseases. He believed in the Son of God's authority. So he humbled himself before the Lord because he knew that how, how Jesus was viewed. He was the Lord he, he was a, a respected teacher. He was a respected healer. He might not have known yet he was the Son of God. But I, I wonder if he thought, hey, this guy's got God in him. And he says, I, I believe in your authority too. Yeah, he had the authority to, to heal his servant. Those two things, this, this, this faith involves humility and, and believing in, in, in the power and authority of God. In other words, instead of trying to command God to do something for him, instead of trying to, to uh, speak the name of Jesus and all things would, would be fixed, he's saying, I trust in you, Lord. You're the one who can do this. You have the power and authority. I don't. You have the power and authority. I am unworthy, you are worthy. And that's where, that's where in, in, any kind of faith should begin. And then there's the faith itself. He simply believed that Jesus could do it. He simply believed that Jesus can do it. Now, faith and, and belief are often used interchangeably. But I, honestly, I, I, I think belief has more to do with the mental ascent that God can do something. And, and, and faith also involves a mental ascent, but it also requires some action. He might have believed that Jesus could heal his servant, and he might have believed that, that Jesus um, had authority over these diseases, but his faith caused him to go and seek Jesus out and ask him for, for this, this, this result. 
We've got to have faith. It's faith that pleases God, the Bible tells us. It says, in fact, it says without faith, it is impossible to, to please God. It talks about that, that in Hebrews. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. When this centurion showed his faith in Christ, it says that Jesus was amazed. It says he marveled at it. And it's almost like Jesus was surprised by it. Now, does that mean Jesus lacked knowledge? I don't know. It just means that his reaction at that time was amazement. He marveled over this centurion's faith. That, that this guy was not even an Israelite. He was not one of the children of God. He, 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 he was not part, one of the sons of Abraham. Jesus, in his ministry, had come to the sons of Abraham to show them the good news that God was coming back. Now, Jesus here shows his mission was not just to the sons of Israel. It was also to the, the, uh, the non-Jewish people. And Jesus came to save all humanity. But, I, but, I, but right here and right now, Jesus came first to the Jews and then the Gentiles, is what we understand from the Scripture. But Jesus, you know, when He sees the centurion's faith and, he, and he, He's amazed at it, He turns to the, the crowd and he, and he declares this because He knows that there's lots of Jews in this area who are following Him. And He says, there's going to be a lot of people, there's going to be many people that come from the east and the west and will dine at my table. He's talking about the kingdom of God when it comes in its fullness. There's going to be many people from the east and the west who will dine at, at, at my table. And it's because they believed and had such great faith. He says, while the sons of the kingdom, the ones whom I came to, the, the, the ones who were children of Abraham, are going to be cast into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why? Because they lacked faith. What Jesus does here is, is more than just a miracle of, of physical healing. He tells them faith is what gains you entrance into God's kingdom. It's, it, it, it's your faith that determines your salvation. Yes, Christ, um, what He did on the cross... Um, uh, provided the grounds for our salvation and provided the cleansing because of His blood. And, and because of God's grace to forgive us, we have salvation. But all of that has to be received by faith. It has to be received by faith. And so I, I think not only was this centurion um, you know, getting his request fulfilled for his servant to be healed, I think Jesus was blessing him with, with the grace of salvation here because he believed in God. It was credited to him as righteousness. The Apostle Paul talks about this in Galatians. He says, you know, even with Abraham, the father of the Israelites, it was told to him by God. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Because he believed in God, he was, he was crowned with righteousness and counted as one of, God, one of the sons of God. So he, he, even then, before there ever was a law of sin and death, um, before, there was, before there was the Ten Commandments, it was faith that, that, that saved Abraham. And now it's faith in Christ that saves people. Paul talks about that. It is faith that saves us. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, the Bible tells us. Jesus, when he began preaching, said, Repent and believe in the gospel. Those, those are the two necessary conditions for our salvation. 
Repent and believe. And it's not just a one-time faith. It's faith all the, way, all the way. The righteous shall live by their faith, Paul says. And he was quoting the Old Testament when he said that. The same as in the Old Testament as it is in the New Testament. And it's the same today. The righteous shall live by faith. And we have to have continued faith in God and what He can do. And how, how can we do that? How can we have continued faith and increase our faith in what God can do? I would say reading more and more miracle stories like this one. And the focus is on faith. How God responds is His own choice. We have to remember that. How God responds is, is His own choice. Sometimes he's, He does say no. But the focus is on the faith. Faith is what receives God's blessing. Faith is what receives God's salvation. Read these miracle stories on, on faith. The more, the more you read them, the more, I would say, your faith in Christ will increase. Read some of the Old Testament promises of God. You know, f f find a book that talks about how, how the Old Testament promises were fulfilled by Jesus Christ later on in the New Testament. There, there's all kinds, you can look them up online and find them. Prophecies fulfilled in the New Testament. Most of them, concern, all the ones concerning Christ are there in the Old Testament and how He fulfilled them. And when you look and see how God fulfilled His promises in the Old Testament, it, it increases your trust in God that He will continue to fulfill His promises because God does not change and He is trustworthy and, and whatever He, he, he determines and, and promises, He is going to fulfill it. And because of all those Old Testament prophecies and what God promised, I know and I believe by faith that He is coming again to set up His kingdom on earth. And all those who, who refuse to believe, who refuse to accept, who refuse to have faith in it, will find themselves in outer darkness, like He says here, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It is faith, not works, that please God. Although I will say that faith and works should work together. But it's our faith that, that receives God's salvation. And if we continue to have faith, that, that faith is always expressed in action, like we were talking about works. That the centurion believed that, that the Lord was um, a healer and that he did have power to heal. But his faith caused him to go and, and seek him out and ask for his, ask for his healing of his servant. Faith always involves action. Faith always involves obedience. Faith is not just a thing by itself. Faith and works always go together. If we want to be called good, if we want to hear good and faithful servant enter into your father's happiness, we have to remain faithful. We have, we have that first faith when we accept Jesus as Savior. It's faith all along, all the way until we reach that glorious end. And if we, you know, shirk on our faith, if, if, if we go back on, on the idea of faith, we'll find ourselves slipping further and further away from God. It's faith all the way. And faith, I'm not saying that faith is easy. It certainly isn't. We live in a world where there is still a lot of evil. We live in a world where there is still a lot of sickness and disease. Our bodies are decaying. Our pain increases. Evil is increasing. But as the Bible says, where sin increases, grace increases all the more.
Paul, Paul, told, Paul, Paul said. Where, where, where sin increases, faith increases all the more. Where, where sin increases, grace increases all the more. When, when there's evil in the world, God is ready to pour out His grace and, 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 and His power to help us. We need to continue as believers to have faith in God. And, and, and when we allow that, that faith to enter into our hearts and minds, and, and we continue to have faith in God regardless of our circumstances, we know that we will one day enter into that glorious kingdom where, where we receive our final reward in Him. I've often said that you know, a lot of times um, when, when we pray, especially concerning healing, we want to find... We want someone to be healed in this life. And we trust God because He can do it. But the point is our faith in God. Do we trust Him? Do, do we look to Him? And sometimes the greatest healing that we can receive is to pass from this life and be in His presence. Where we have our final and total healing. It's all about faith in God. It's all about trusting in Him as God of the universe. It's all about recognizing that He is the authority over all things. And that He especially wants our good and loves us. And the more we increase our faith, the more we look to Him. The more our, our lives will, will grow by faith. And, and, and the more that faith will spread to others. And we'll have a true revival among, among us. Faith is the key. Faith is the victory, the old, the old song says. Faith is what pleases God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. We've got to have faith in Him. Faith first and foremost for our salvation, that Jesus Christ suffered and died for our sins, and God is ready to forgive us if we come to Him and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The faith that's in the content of the gospel first, and then faith to continue to serve Him all the way through to the end. We need to increase our faith as we go along. That's why God created the, the church and, and the community of faith. It's so that we can encourage each other in our faith and build each other up in faith. Because our faith can wane if, if, if we try to do it on our own. Um, when, when, we try to do it, when we try to have faith on our own, um, you know, we, we become easy pickings for the devil. <laughs> but we've got this, we've got this community of, of, of people that can encourage each other in the faith and we, and we can draw strength from them. We can draw strength from the presence of God's Spirit. We need to increase our faith and trust in God. And the more we do it, the more we'll see revival. Let's stand.